0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Space Blog Talk Radio Program, Conversations on New Jersey Education, a show dedicated to creating a conversation among those of us in the education community and beyond on the important education issues of the day, a conversation that brings educational leaders to you, and I hope you all feel free to join in on that conversation. My name is Ray Penny. I'll be your host for this morning's program. Uh, before I get started, however, I'd like to have uh, Anne-Marie explain uh, how you can participate.
2: I'd be happy to, Ray. To call in, dial one When you are ready to make a comment or ask a question, press 1. That will indicate on my switchboard that you are ready to ask a question. I'll get your name and your question or topic. Also, if you are on the phone line, I will ask you to turn down the volume on your computer and only listen on the phone, since there will be a delay and it is confusing. If you are just listening on your computer, we do have a chat room feature that you can log on to. We will be monitoring the chat room and will pass on some of the comments or questions on to our speaker. To log on the chat room, you will need to register with Blog Talk Radio.
1: Thank you, Amory. On August 6th, Governor Christie signed into law, Teach NJ, the landmark teacher tenure law, reform law. This bill has bipartisan support and was passed very easily. While the bill deals greatly with how tenure is uh, earned and kept in New Jersey, it is also closely connected with the new teacher evaluation models being introduced by the NJ, the New Jersey Department of Education, a couple of years ago. This law will change a great deal about the way teachers are evaluated and the conversations that go on between administrators and teachers, and local boards need to be aware of of these changes in the timelines and how they affect their districts. We are fortunate today to have two people with us who, who can address these issues from different angles. First, we have a school board attorney with uh, Fogarty and Hara, and that's Stephen Fogarty. He, he represents school districts, numerous school districts in North Jersey, particularly Bergen and Passaic County. Uh, welcome, Steve.
3: Good morning, Ray. How are you?
1: It's great to good, have
3: you. Good morning, Dr. Kucho. How are you?
1: Good morning, Steve. Well, and thank fine. you. And good morning, Ray. And that's our second guest. Our second guest is Dr. Michael Kuchar, who is the superintendent of the Bergenfield School District in Bergen in Bergen County. Uh Bergenfield is one of the pilot school districts for teacher evaluation models uh and uh, Mike uh has been a guest here before. Well, uh welcome Mike. Thanks, Ray. Um well, let's get right to it cuz this is this is it is landmark legislation. Um and it was signed on uh August 6th. When does it become effective, Steve?
3: Well, the the law became effective uh, immediately. So it became effective August 6, 2012. Uh, There was one exception uh, uh, in the legislation with regard to the section requiring the State Board to promulgate uh, regulations and to set the standards uh, for approval of the evaluation rubrics um, uh, for the teachers, principals, assistants, principals, and uh, vice principals who would be affected by the new tenure reforms. Um, uh, That is um, uh, giving them some time in order to... Uh, in order to formulate and develop those regulations. And it is my understanding that uh, those regulations uh, will be presented um, uh, in the November New Jersey Register uh, for the first time. But with the exception of the promulgation of the regulations, right, the law went into effect um, uh, August 6th. It is effective with the present 2012-2013 school year. Um, there has been uh, some question uh, with regard to the new tenure uh, accrual timelines and whether the uh, effective date for staff members, because as you know, there are some grandfathering provisions mm-hmm. uh, in the legislation, so there is some question as to what the uh, the effective date is in terms of the tenure accrual and the staff members who are effective affected by it. And what I mean by that is that many boards will appoint uh, uh, teachers uh, and administrators uh, who will begin employment. Uh, on uh, uh, July 1 or on September 1, and more specifically talking about teachers on September 1, many of those boards will appoint those individuals uh, in the preceding spring. Uh, uh, Their their employment doesn't commence, physically commence. Their service doesn't commence until September 1. I've interpreted the new law as uh, applying to all of those beginning their employment on September 1, but I've heard that there has been some discussion at the Department of Education level And um, my my hope is that that will be resolved in the regulations. Uh, But the advice that I'm giving to the school districts that our firm represents presently is that with regard to the new tenure approval period, the four-year period, that it would affect staff members who begin their employment in the district, actually begin working uh, after August 6th.
1: Okay, and uh, let's do the basic parameters. So if someone... If you hire someone on August 31st and they start September 3rd, whatever that day is, they're under these, the, the new law. And if they started last June on um, their first day in the classroom, they're under the old. They're still under the old provisions, right?
3: That's correct. I mean, barring some uh, clarification, some other clarification or advice contained in, those re- in, in the regulations, that is my interpretation of the legislation. And that's really based on Ray. That's really based on uh, uh, on how tenure accrues uh, uh, under the statute historically and that is it's actual service. It's not a contract. It's not a resolution Mm -hmm. by the board. It's physical service in a school district. Um, And that was an issue that arose with regard to uh, New Jersey First, with regard to the residency requirements. And uh, ultimately, uh, the interpretation of that legislation was that it is actual service in the district, not when you're appointed and not when your contract's approved. Um,
1: The old provision uh, just for people listening the old provision was 3 years 3 years in a day that you would earn it if you were in that school district that September or whatever today was what time of the year it was this year it's 4 years uh could you just briefly outline what the uh what the 4 years are like
3: sure well um first of all you're 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 absolutely right it um the for, for conventional what I'm going to call conventional tenure accrual And this would apply to uh, all staff members. So it applies to all certificated staff members, important uh, important distinction. It doesn't apply to non-certificated staff members. It doesn't apply to secretaries, paraprofessionals, or school business administrators. Uh, uh, I think often overlooked is that school business administrators, while they're teaching staff members, actually achieve their tenure under the clerk's provisions of of the tenure statutes. But getting back to your question, uh, the, the conventional tenure accrual timeline, the four years, um, will follow the same path as, uh, as the original statute. And by that I mean that instead of three, it will be four. You know, four consecutive calendar years, uh, four consecutive academic years, and employment in the, in the following year, uh, or the equivalent of more than four academic years within a period of any five academic years. So it's the same framework. The statute, statutory framework remains the same. Uh, three moves uh, to four. There are um, uh, There's one exception, and that exception is for teachers who uh, uh, take uh, positions uh, in uh, school districts that are uh, underperforming or focused schools, priority schools as identified by the Department mm-hmm. of Education, uh, schools that are having difficulty. Um, uh, there's a new provision, brand-new provision, uh, which allows those teaching staff members uh, to achieve tenure uh, after uh, only two years of employment. Um, superimposed on all of this, and uh, I don't want to preempt uh, a discussion about the uh, evaluation rubrics, but superimposed on all this is also that uh, uh, they have to achieve uh, certain standards uh, under uh, the new uh, uh, the new rubric requirements in order to achieve tenure. Now, what I'm talking about are the uh, the evaluation categories: mm-hmm. of, uh, highly effective uh, and effective.
1: And I'll get to Mike Kuchar on that one. Just one thing: it's not automatic, though. After four years, uh, whereas in the old provision you had three years in a day. This year, if you have four years in a day, that doesn't automatically mean you have tenure. It depends on the evaluation rubric, right? That
3: that is correct. I mean, what what, what you see what you see throughout this new legislation is you see this two year window of time, and this two year window of time appears with regard to the probationary period, the four-year probationary period in terms of what, in in terms of uh, the performance levels that a teacher has to achieve in order to move forward and be eligible for a recommendation by the superintendent to achieve tenure. You also see that two-year window appearing under the new inefficiency standards, which um, likewise requires that the superintendent actually certify tenure charges against an inefficient non-performing teacher. Uh so in answer to your question yes it is not just uh it is not just the accrual of time that makes the um uh that makes the accrual of tenure automatic uh there is also in the statute a requirement that you achieve at a performance level of either uh highly effective or effective um for at least 2 of the first 3 years of uh, your employment
1: um, Mike Obviously, uh, talking with Steve here about some of the legal ramifications and the the guidelines of the law, evaluation is key uh, for everything. Um, Talk about what a board should look at or an administration should both look at when they're adopting the uh, evaluation rubric. What should be a part of that?
0: Ray, I'm going to just back up a second and give a broad perspective to this because you're absolutely right Uh, evaluation is is a critical piece and the piece of it is is that the most decisive element in student learning is the classroom and it's the teacher impact with those students and so when we look at uh, the issues of education as we listen to the presidential debates and the importance of education and improving education we can see that this is a national concern because at the current uh, time, um, more than 25% of our students are dropping out of school, not receiving a high school diploma. When you consider in our current economic climate that less than 10% of the workforce is unskilled, we know that we need to educate our children in order to compete uh, in society and to keep our country going. So when we look at the teacher reform, the Teacher Reform Act of New Jersey, we're the 27th state to take this on. And uh, we have a lot of lessons that we learned from prior states and from other states' mistakes. Whereas our neighbor across the river, New York, they quickly implemented it and it, it just fell apart. What I think New Jersey is doing correctly is we're phasing this in, and the focus is on student learning. It's really not on how to get.
1: Hello. Hello. Hello, Mike.
3: I uh, somehow we may have lost. Uh, we may have we... lost Mike. <laughs>
1: um, I'll have our switchboard operator Try to give him a call back. He looks like he's still on the line. I don't know what happened. Um, Steve, I'll I'll move technology, on to you then. Technology,
3: technology, technology.
1: <laughs> um I, I talked before about um um uh, someone earning tenure, it's not uh automatic. Is it possible? Let me give you an example. Uh you have a teacher, they go through their mentorship year, they're okay. The first year they're um the first year they are Ineffective. The second year they're ineffective, but they're a physics teacher, and even though they're a new teacher, they're the best teacher you have of the, your three physics teachers. You give them one more shot. Then that last year they're highly effective. Um, you can't grant them tenure under the law, right? Because you only have one highly effective year.
3: Yeah, that's that's correct. And, and but can I, you
1: bring I, them back? Uh,
3: my my opinion would be would be no, right? Based on my understanding of of uh, the legislation. I mean, I think first of all, there's always going to the the discretion in a local school district to renew a contract at the end of each year. um, uh, as, As far as I am concerned, that is not in any way. Uh, impacted by this new legislation, I mean the board uh, the superintendent and the board reserve the right to make those re- to make those recommendations on an annual basis, regardless of of uh, the performance of the teacher i mean obviously that assumes that a highly performing teacher is going to be renewed but what i 'm saying is that if a teacher is performing and keeping in mind that there are those four, those four categories now uh, highly effective uh, effective partially effective, and ineffective if the teacher is performing at an effective level uh uh consistently um not highly effective but only effective uh i believe the board still reserves the right to make a decision that they want highly effective teachers and not 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 um only effective teachers so they reserve the right uh to either renew or non-renew on that basis and ultimately to grant tenure but getting back to your question there are now minimum standards contained in this legislation uh, which do not allow the superintendent or the board to move somebody on, even in the case that you describe where you have a physics teacher, and the need for that academic instruction uh, is uh, uh, is is critical, and there's a concern that perhaps that person cannot be replaced uh quickly uh if that is a new teacher, and they are obviously within that the uh, uh, new probationary period. If that teacher performs, par- if that teacher is not is performing partially effective, uh, uh, a, partially, uh, a partially effective in two years, as you've described it, then under the statute, uh, we do not have the ability, we do not have the discretion, to recommend that person uh, for a uh, for a tenure contract. Uh, what, what about the legislation-
1: a non tenured contract? You, know, you just bring them back and they're untenured. Or- well.
3: We we've got this four year period, so what the okay. legislation what the legislation says is that you have to be rated either highly effective or effective in years two and three of that four year period. So in in, in, in order to move on to the fourth year so I I, th- I think there's actually a provision which prevents you from moving on to the fourth year which would be your uh, uh the final year your provisionary period if you have performed partially uh partially effective in in uh, uh in That's years right. 1 and 2 or even in 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 years 2 and 3
1: as you said because you're forced by the the statute if you have two ineffective years file tenure charges start the process. Exactly.
3: And that's, and, and, and I think and that's for that, people
1: already in the system, too.
3: That is, that's, for, that's for our tenured staff. I mean, that is for our tenured staff. When, when, we, when we look at the, the performance criteria and what the expectancies are of how a teacher is going to perform in the classroom, um, there, there, there is that provision uh, in the legislation, which, which, which I think is um, a provision which has uh, surprised, uh, um, uh, which has surprised many of us uh... uh... in terms uh... in terms of the absolute requirement uh... for a uh, superintendent to move forward uh... with tenure charges against a non-performing teacher uh... who has been evaluated in two successive years as uh... either um, uh, partially effective uh, or ineffective i mean there there's some uh... discretion there if there are compelling circumstances at the end of the second year Uh, uh, for that teacher to move on into the third year, Uh, but uh, those circumstances have got to be certified to by the superintendent. So in answer to your question, yes, that two-year period is a critical period in both the non-tenure probationary period and also with regard to a teacher who is not meeting expectations despite all of the support that that is being given to her, because that's the other thing that has to be emphasized. great deal of support is required uh, for mm-hmm. teachers uh, before a recommendation would be made uh, uh, to, um, uh, to certify tenure charges. So um, not only uh, do we have these evaluation rubrics that, that are built into the legislation, uh, but we also have uh, the, uh, the need for uh, corrective action plans, uh, individual professional uh, professional improvement plans, uh, and an absolute requirement if we have a teacher who's having difficulty, uh, to be evaluated mid-year in, in in the subsequent year. So there there is a lot of support. There are a lot of safety nets built into this legislation uh, for teachers who do want to improve their performance before uh, we get to uh, obviously the, the, uh, that uh, that point where um, S- superintendent is left with no alternative. Uh, but to move forward with inefficiency charges.
1: Now, I believe we have our superintendent back. Mike, are you back?
0: Yes. Yes, I am, Ray. And, and uh, I'm sorry about being disconnected, but a follow-up to uh, Steve's points on the new law of the evaluation and the rubrics, and to finish what I was saying about the perspective of the national uh, movement towards the Common Core and to improve the student learning um, Uh, I'd like to say that this initiative has been a huge paradigm shift within the educational profession. Whereas years ago we used to view teaching as an art uh, and and not a science and a number of years ago Richard Elmore of Harvard University came out and said that teaching is a profession without a practice and in order for us to grow we need to establish practices and Marzano McCrell have come out with research on effective best practices. So, the paradigm shift today is that teaching is a performance and performances are measured using rubrics. With that being said, the state adopted four teaching rubrics at the start of the EE4NJ pilot, uh, Charlotte Danielson, Marzano's, McCrell's, and the Strong Model. It's interesting that as we speak today, that it's up to 10 approved teaching frameworks. So the issue per se isn't the precise framework rather than the systemic implementation of a commitment to improving the practice of teaching. And so we have a lot of voice and choice into the development of these practices. The more we involve our teachers into the establishment of the uh, evaluation observation rubrics, the more precise it will be and the more it will lead to what uh, Charlotte Danielson herself has said, that of all the approaches available to educators to promote teacher learning, the most powerful is that of professional conversation. So how do we take these rubrics and have our administrators work with teachers, improve their performance within the realm of the legislation and requirements of law.
1: Now, Mike, uh, I've heard you say this before, and the evaluation is the key to making this effective. We could have the, the tenure laws, but uh, before we focus, and we're focusing a little bit on the tenure, but from your perspective, it's the 98% of the teachers who are not going to be or 99% of teachers who are not going to be brought up on tenure charges, which is where you should be focusing your effort.
0: I say that all the time and, and and thank you for bringing it up because many of us get fixated on worst case scenarios yet the reality is is that the uh People brought up on tenure or should be is less than 1% of the population. What we have to put our priorities on and not forget is the wide range of mediocrity and work on moving teachers to the highly effective and move them on the continuum. We are the enemy of greatness is mediocrity. How do we have and work with teachers to be highly effective and give them the tools necessary uh, and practices to ensure highest learning for all students. So I believe strongly in that and I will not minimize the widget effect uh, whereas the Chicago public schools were on strike last month. One of the biggest issues was on the teacher evaluation because in the year 2010 Over 45% of the Chicago public school students dropped out of high school, yet less than 0.3% of the entire teachers were rated unsatisfactory. So we need to have honest feedback as administrators with teachers. It needs to be evidence-based and it also has to be uh, a conversation that brings suggestions, support, tools, and training to help improve our teaching force.
1: Um, you brought it up earlier, uh, the professional conversation. Uh, and do you think the conversations will be changing that administrators have with their teaching staff, with these new rubrics? Because what happened in Chicago is not uncommon, and probably in a lot of New Jersey school districts you can go through, and most of the evaluations are glowing of everyone in the uh, all the teachers. Uh, or the vast majority, 99% of them. Um, With these new models, my understanding is that it may be a little bit difficult to become highly effective, even if you've been teaching for 10, 15 years. So does that change the conversation that goes on between the administration and the teachers?
0: Well, Ray, let me answer it a a different way. Um, and, And let me answer it, not to minimize, yes, I believe grade inflation will be minimized uh, in this new process. Secondly, I have seen the conversations drastically change in the Bergenfield School District for the better. For instance, by training our administrators on evidence-based observation, we have seen firsthand the feedback to teachers being very uh, specific and tied to student outcome. Very simple uh, uh, example of this is a uh, principal is observing a language arts writing class in fourth, fourth grade. The old paradigm would be coming in, having a pre-conference, uh, asking uh, w- uh, about the lesson, looking at lesson plans, observing the class, and then having a post-conference and saying how the teacher is done. Now, in in addition to have a a pre-conference, what you're doing when you're going into the class is not focusing on the teacher, but focusing on the students and evidence of student learning, so instead of watching what the teacher is saying and doing what are the students saying and doing and then looking into the writing portfolio what are the artifacts what's the evidence of writing going on in that classroom so there it it is an evidence-based approach and then the conversations that the administrator and teacher have after the class uh, after the teacher does a reflection using the teaching rubrics isn't it much better when the teacher themselves understand how they can improve and then the administrator supports them with professional development? I, I think that this is we've seen drastic improvement in, in our district.
1: So uh, people shouldn't be quite as afraid of that. I'll have other questions for you. Uh, we're talking to Mike Kuchar, Superintendent, Dr. Michael Kuchar, Superintendent of Bergenfield and Stephen Fogarty, an attorney, a school board attorney with Fogarty and Hara. Uh, if you want to call and ask a question, dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four 347 989 and uh, press number 1 and anne will get to you. Uh, anne right now I, I believe we have a question from the chat room.
2: Uh, yes, we do, Ray. And the question is, please clarify, the law is being interpreted that only brand new teachers hired summer slash fall 2013 will be covered right now. For example, that tenured teachers will not yet be affected Affected by the provision that tenure can be revoked within two years of partially ineffective.
1: Okay, Steve, do you want to take that one? I, I think this I is will. A pretty I uh, will. clear. I and, will.
3: And, and I think that, um, uh, and, and I wish, and I wish that my answer could be more precise than this, uh, because I think that that the caller is, is absolutely. I, I think that the caller's. Um, uh, question points up the confusion about the implementation of the law. And I say that, Ray, because uh, the provision that deals with tenure teachers, which uh, essentially eliminated uh, the inefficiency uh, uh, tenure procedures and speaks now to uh, the evaluation of uh, teachers over a two-year period where, where they're rated as... Um, uh, partially effective or, or, or ineffective uh, are, are subject to removal and, and tenure charges. You know the question. The, the, the legislation also says that that process requires that um, the evidence supporting the superintendent's recommendation be based on the evaluation rubrics. Now the confusion comes in because the evaluation rubrics are not uh, are not required to be implemented until the 2013-2014 school year. That's next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while they have to be submitted for approval this year and they have to be piloted uh, um, uh, beginning uh, uh, January 31st, the the evaluation rubrics that would support moving forward with those tenure charges really will not be implemented for our tenured staff until the 2013-2014 school year. Uh, So I'm hoping that the regulations... Are, are going to fill in the gaps there because the legislation would otherwise support that the 2 year uh the, the 2 year look back period that would support tenure charges
1: mm-hmm. would be in
3: effect would be in effect immediately right so there's a gap here in 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 the legislation the regulations hopefully are going to clarify that but i think the caller's question is uh, uh the, the confusion that it identifies is very legitimate uh because i ask myself the same question uh after reading uh the legislation several times. Uh it's uh the implementation is immediate. Uh those provisions uh would be effective immediately. Uh the whole um arbitration process is now is now in place and, and ongoing. Uh but yet the legislation says very clearly that the evidence to support uh those uh tenure proceedings must be based solely on the evaluation rubrics. And the rubrics don't go into effect until next year. Okay. uh so there's there's, there's 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 clearly a need for
1: clarification in the regulations with regard but, to that uh, process. That people who are teachers now, maybe not this year, but down the road, a few years from now, could be affected directly on this. After well, two years of evaluations.
3: Uh, well, uh, after t- uh, after 2013-14, there's no after question that, that they that 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 they will be affected, and that that procedure will be um uh, that that procedure will be required. Uh, I think the caller's question is, what about this year? You know, right. would, would the 2012-2013 uh, school year be part of that two-year look-back period with regard to this new law? And that's where the confusion comes in. But for 2013-2014, clearly our tenured staff are going to be affected by uh, these new provisions, which will, which will require that they achieve at a level of either highly effective or effective um, and if for two years uh they're rated as uh, partially effective or ineffective, they will be subject to what i 'm calling um, a uh, an automatic or required uh, process whereby um, the superintendent is uh, uh, is is going to be required to certify tenure charges all
0: right uh, Ray' Amber, we have I another follow-
1: question. Oh, 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 Mike. Mike Ray, right, let uh, me
0: just quickly follow up yeah. because I think that the caller's question uh, really speaks to the elephant in the middle of the living room that everyone's tiptoeing around, and that is the perception that this whole tenure law is out there to get rid of high paid teachers, to save money, and to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, the state gain greater control of, of education, whereas uh, I, I keep saying and I keep believing and I see it firsthand in our district, this is a tool that's going to just enhance the learning of the children we serve. All right. Uh, on that Marie, there's another question from the chat room?
2: Yes, there is. This question is for Dr. Kuchar. Is he giving his administrators, evaluators, guidelines about roughly what percent of teachers he expects to be at the profession, excuse me, proficient, highly proficient level to guard against the risk that, as in the past, almost all teachers will be rated effective?
1: You know, uh, which uh, Mike, before you answer that, just also list the four categories that teachers can get because it's not proficient, but we should we probably should have mentioned that, too.
3: Highly effective, effective, partially effective, and
0: ineffective. Okay. Mike, you're on. Okay. Um, the answer to that is no. I'm not giving any percentages. That would be disingenuous. That would be artificial. What... I am expecting, and do uh, hold accountable for my uh, administrators, is that we tie the supervision to evidence or lack of evidence of student learning and a rate appropriately to the rubrics for which both the teachers and the administrators were trained. Again, I want to underscore the the word teachers trained, because when we use a teaching framework, the rubrics of that framework, whatever 10 you use, they're all good. That teacher can self-regulate his or her learning, which, again, adds to that professional conversation, which should inevitably lead to true student growth based on the teacher's growth. So I'm not looking for percentiles. I'm looking for honest uh, feedback for our staff based on how the students are learning. All right. I want to get uh, move on to uh... –
1: one thing but uh mike i'm sure you hear this uh, one of the issues that i hear is <coughs> excuse me the capacity of do you have enough administrators to do all these uh evaluations and do you have to change priorities to get that done and is there a cost financially
0: the the answer is is yes 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 and 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 and, <laughs> and specifically though when we look at the genesis of the term principal it was principal teacher lead teacher so this has been a phenomenal opportunity to put our priorities where they should be first and foremost in the classroom and supporting education in the learning process. Are there other requirements uh, as an administrator, such as the bullying law, uh, such as QSAC, such as many compliance type laws? Yes. So what we have to do is delegate. Other responsibilities so that we can do first things first, and, and that is our job of education. So I think that this, again, has been good for us to help refocus and priorit- prioritize the needs, and um, it's been a good thing. Uh,
1: Steve, uh, I want to get to the school improvement panels because that's another thing in the law, because uh, the school improvement panels had a pretty important role in uh, the evaluation process here. Uh, can you just give us an overview of what the school improvement panel is? I I uh, hold up. am I breaking up on right Yeah you are breaking up.
0: Uh, I can do it for Steve until he comes back. Would you sure like thing. that, Ray? Yep. All right. The uh and and this is very timely and and important By October 31st, 2012, every district should have an evaluation and advisory committee to oversee and guide the planning and implementation of the district board's evaluation policies and procedures. And on this committee should be uh, representatives from teachers from every school and at every level, central office administrators overseeing the process, supervisors. Uh, And it also calls for, where appropriate, uh, involved in the teacher evaluation and administrators conducting uh, the evaluations, a minimum of one administrator who participates in the school improvement panel. And members also include the superintendent, a special ed administrator, parent, and a member of the Board of Ed. Right. The one and this should oh. be this should be established and in place by October thirty first, uh, of this month.
1: Uh, Ray, Steve, I think are you I'm back? back you? No? Yep, yeah, you are
0: back.
3: But I but I think I'm still breaking up on this end. Can uh, you hear me all right? I can hear you now. Good uh mike mike um uh uh certainly described the um composition of the school improvement panel and i agree with you that uh, uh this is uh, um uh, a, a critical part of uh the uh teach new jersey uh reforms uh the tenure reforms um and i also uh, agree with mike that uh, really the school improvement panel the purpose, the purpose is uh to ensure the effectiveness of teachers in each school and it does that by bringing all of the stakeholders Uh, into the conversation. Um, What uh, makes it somewhat unusual and I think more productive is that the school improvement panel which consists of at least a principal uh, and an assistant or vice-principal or some other supervisor uh, or administrator also uh, includes a a, a teacher uh, who has uh, demonstrated uh, um, expertise, a master teacher, uh, someone who is highly qualified, respected uh, by her peers, uh, uh, and is uh, selected in consultation with uh, with the union, uh, and uh, um, uh, performs as part of uh, that school improvement panel. And the school improvement panel, um, as as ordained really by the legislature, oversees the whole mentoring process of teachers, which is now a requirement for the first year during that provisional period for all teachers. Um, is responsible for conducting the evaluations, including the the, the annual summative evaluations. Uh, the professional development opportunities, and, as I indicated earlier, uh, that mandatory uh, mid-year evaluation of any teacher who is having, who is identified as having uh, difficulties. Um, the only exception, and uh, I think we're going to have to wait to see how this shakes out in school districts across the state, and that is the teacher who has been selected to participate. So it's it's, it's at least three individuals, three professionals, the teacher being one of them, um, cannot be included in the evaluation process unless the union agrees to that and uh, that's for obvious, obvious there's you know, an obvious concern there that uh, a, a teacher would be a part of the evaluation process of one of uh, his or her colleagues uh... when they are in the same uh, collective bargaining unit so there's that 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 conflict issue that would have to be resolved and it does require consent of the local union we're gonna have to wait to see uh... whether or not there's a willingness uh, on the part of uh, local unions to allow that level of participation, but uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. The school improvement panel is a very significant part of how this process is going to move forward.
1: I would, I mean, uh, if you're on the school improvement panel uh, and you have a teacher who's been ineffective, if you give them another ineffective, you've actually taken the decision out of the superintendent's hands uh, whether to recommend tenure or not. Uh, because, if my understanding is correct. Uh, then two in effect, highly ineffective in a row there's no t- choice right and, and so that's decision in the, in the decision second would, and third
3: year in the yes. second and third years absolutely absolutely i mean uh, essentially, essentially um, uh, the legislation says that if you have an ineffective in years 2 and years 3 mm-hmm. uh you do not uh, you cannot move on to to a fourth year and um so so I, I, I guess I fall short of saying it takes it out of the superintendent's hands, because I think the superintendent's hands are going to be up to his elbows
1: in that school <laughs> improvement panel. Right. Uh, Mike, why don't yeah, you I, I, look at the school improvement Mike, panel? Mike, would you agree with that?
0: I, I agree wholeheartedly, Steve. I, I think that it's not much different of the current uh, practice, where the superintendent relies on the administrators, uh, who are making the uh, and and doing the evaluations. So uh, it, it's now just expanding the uh, uh, the people involved and responsible to ensuring quality control. Over the evaluation which is a, a new concept but I think again it fits very much into teaching as a performance and this being a rubric based and not a, a, a personality based or, or how they fit in or who, how they feel or even political I think it gets down to what's the evidence of, of the learning but prior to teachers getting a second year of unsatisfactory there should be an ex- of interventions by the administrators to prevent it from happening. Because if that teacher is unsatisfactory for two years, children in those classrooms have been receiving poor, inferior instruction for two years. How could we let that happen? We cannot. So again, we have to work hard. We have to be direct and deliberate to ensure quality for all.
1: Uh, and I guess uh, the superintendent will also be working with the, the administrators on those in, in, uh, safeguards that you're putting in to improve the teacher if there isn't an effective. So that's part of the superintendent's job too.
3: Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. and, and the, the superintendent's responsibility is to make sure that the school improvement panel is effectively using the rubric that has been that has been uh, adopted by the school district effectively.
1: Okay.
0: And and if we just use the old show, Dragnet, Sergeant Joe Friday, just the facts. Not on friendships, not on alliances. What's the facts of effective teaching because our students are counting on us? All right. We have a question. Uh, Let
1: me just make sure I got it. Uh, Alex? Yes, hi. You have a question?
0: Yes. um, I'm just curious. I mean, I'm listening in, and it sounds like – I'm calling it a taxpayer, and I guess what I'm I'm trying to ask is um, the process of retraining administrators, I know, is, is going to be one cost, but then you're talking about now we got to um, give ample professional development to the teachers to bring them up to par uh, where they have shortcomings. So I'm just curious as a taxpayer uh, how, how we can expect this burden to uh, be transferred to us or if there's any way to... Um, you know, reduce the cost uh, to us,
1: um, hey, I, Mike. Before you take that, I would say we still have a two percent cap on uh, the school budget, so it's a reshuffling of priorities, probably. But Mike, do you want to address that? Because that's a decision that you have you have been making.
0: And we have. And uh, over the past two years, our uh, average increase in the budget has been below 1%. So we've implemented uh, many of these initiatives, and we did change and shift priorities and reallocations. I think the fundamental issue in Alex's question is the word trust. And how do you build trust with your community that the tax dollars they're spending is money well spent? And I think the clearest way is, what are the outcomes of the educational system? So here in in uh, Bergenfield, it's not only incumbent on this, the school district and the Board of Education to see that money is spent wisely and that we are achieving great outcomes, it's to relate to the public what is going on, to have that transparency of how it's being set, uh, spent. And then when we're ranked the best, most improved uh, school in the state uh, and move a hundred points in the ranking we need to uh, uh, get that out and communicate it to the public when September we're rated one of the top 100 uh, communities in the United States the only one in New Jersey by America's Alliance uh, for supporting children we need to communicate it so it's about shifting priorities uh, accomplishing, getting results, and then communicating those results to keep the trust uh, going between community and schools, vital, right, have, vital aspect. We're coming to
1: the end. Alex, I'll have to put you back on hold because we have less than a minute left. That was a great question, though. Um, we're coming to the end, and I, I had like, a number of other questions. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Michael Kuchar for joining us. Mike, thank you. The superintendent from Bergenfield. Thank you. Uh, And I also like to thank Stephen Fogarty, the attorney uh, from Fogarty and O'Hara, and the school board attorney in numerous districts. Thanks, Steve.
3: My pleasure, Ray, and a pleasure and the privilege to uh, participate with both you and Mike on this conversation. Uh,
1: This is the end of this conversation, New Jersey uh, conversation, New Jersey education. Uh, This issue will be developing, and I'm sure I'll have another program on this later on. And if any of you are going to workshop next week please uh there are numerous programs there and thank you and have a good afternoon good morning have a good morning all right take care bye, bye.